All right, I, I haven't got time to mark this motherfucker. Here we go again. We can't hear anybody. Nobody can talk to anybody. You guessed it. Pressure points with your two favorite hosts. I'm D, and this is my Soviet boy, AJ. We're coming at you with season five, episode four. Smedley Butler in the business push, part one. I don't know what the hell it's about, but strap in. It's a two-parter, baby. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Points of Pressure. Well, turn the fucking thing off, you dumbass. Well, it's fantastic because no matter how many times we do this intro, you always sound so frantic at the end. I, I even if I have time. Yeah, you, you, like if like, I have fifteen you, seconds left, I'm like Twitter and fuck. Oh well, and then quit. it just stays it's silent over. for five seconds. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so hey, welcome back. It's, it's part of the allure. Yeah, the velour. allure. <laughs> the velour. It's so, part of the allure that is pressure points. Yeah, we got two things. Holy shit, two we got two fucking about. things to talk about. I'll start. Nordic Thunder, we got your package in the mail. Thank you so much. This is badass. Yes, it is. They're, Thank you. Uh, I, I keep forgetting what they're called. You know what they're called. Um, uh, yeah, I do. Why, yeah. You're looking at them. Oh, cufflinks. Yeah, cufflinks. I keep forgetting cuff. I was like, I'm I like, was they're like, links. I go I, it's bullet just the word. casings. I don't know why the yeah, fuck so you can't they're, think of that. They're, they're cufflinks made of ammunition produced in a Norwegian ammo factory for the Germans when the Germans were so occupying. So like, cool. It, read the bottom. They're fucking it. amazing. Read the bottom of the yeah, read the shell casing. No, on the ba- the lighting's bad. In on the good basement. one, read it oh. on the good one. They're what? They're both good. Yeah. Oh, it says RA 1943. Like, holy shit! It's some cool shit. Super fucking cool. Thank so you. thank you so much. Like, sorry you had all the problems with fucking U.S. customs. Well, yeah. their shit. But, but but honestly, I don't blame you for having issues. Uh, trying to send that shit into the U.S. So, <laughs> yeah, stupid yeah, exactly. as it is. Um, but yeah, thanks, yeah, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Now we've like, got to get. Awesome. Now we've got to get a red blazer that we can hang up in the studio and put those cufflinks in it. <laughs> no, no, no. No, we need to get a skeleton and put. <gasps> it's a red blazer with bright yellow slacks. It all matches the logo. I don't know what you're referring to. No, I mean it would look. I mean it would the, look good. It's the colors. The show colors. What the fuck is wrong? Oh, yeah, it is. Jesus. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm on, dying. Put it on I'm a skeleton. So of course he needs a fedora. I almost he bought a skeleton. Well, I almost bid on a skeleton today. You should have. I know. But you still wouldn't bid on a $2 walk-in steamer set up for me. <laughs> Shut the fuck Piece up. of shit. Hey, I, I won the coffee or the traveling bar set from that auction I was Of course you about. did. Fuck yeah. I'm not going to tell you how much it was. My wife isn't here right now, but I said I would only spend like 15 bucks on it. I spent more. Well, but I'm gonna talk. I'm not gonna talk about how. Much. I got some bad news for you, AJ. I think she listens to this. She'll forget about it by the time, <laughs> by the time she gets home. So, thank you so yeah. much. Like that's these are fucking badass. Yeah. Oh shit! Sorry, oh, I'm God. fiddling. I'm fiddling. Stop fiddling. And then, and then, um, this last week we we met a fan. We made our our <laughs> one person face reveal, and that's. That's all it's gonna be. Nobody's ever gonna see us except for him. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Thomas. For no, that was coming awesome. Coming out and visiting, yeah. we had a fucking blast with you. Um, AJ and I have not gotten out to do anything since quarantine started. So, I mean, 
you were a kick-ass person to hang out with, and we really, really, really enjoyed. Yeah, we had a blast. Me, Send me some of your uh, some of your cream ale recipes yes oh yeah and i will make them i'll get a i'll get an induction burner and i'll do it live when we're recording yeah we will just make sure that we have a <laughs> co2 alarm we'll, we'll make sure we have a fan on yeah <laughs> um so yeah i mean to anybody out there that doesn't want to rape and murder us or if you just want to do both of those to us and you're headed into utah and you're over the age of 21 Reach out and we'll go grab drinks with you once AJ decides to get a real fucking ID and we don't get kicked out of a bar again. So I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, at least the guy in the second place did not ID me, so yeah, that's good. It's because he was having a bad day. Yeah, poor dude. Yeah. He was a trooper, though. So, yeah. you know, it was a blast. I had a blast. Uh, you know, if you're in town again, you know, hit us up, all oh, that absolutely. stuff. and. And I'll be I'll be sliding into those DMs on Twitter, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, to anybody else... I hope you had a good week. Yeah. I hope you had a fantastic week. Um, here We're back. It's Monday morning for you guys. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> after this, I... I don't know I, how that surprises you every uh, single does. time. So I'm currently drinking, because oh, after this, too? I get to go to the in-laws dinner. Yeah, I no, it's not, off, that's not why I'm drinking, but... I worked off the one burrito that I had, so this is going to go straight to the dome. Perfect, and then you'll drive. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. You can you can fall asleep on my bed couch. No, if if anything, uh, I'll just keep working on the basement. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, I got a I'll, light. I got the uh, lantern. I'll leave okay. my keys so you can lock it and then just stash the keys somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I'll be out or here just, before then. You can also just go out the back door. I never lock. It. I don't think there's really a lot that I can do in the dark. Beam, 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 beam. Since we fucking blew a fuse, <laughs> <laughs> a fuse in the basement. All right, so I suppose we've wasted enough time. Unless you have anything else. No, we still have 25 more minutes of banter. No, I'm okay. Yeah, no. we got to meet the quota. So what do you sponsored by? Me? Oh, I figured out Raycon. Oh, yeah, Raycon. It's, we're not sponsored by Raycon. No, that was a conversation from earlier. I just forgot what they were called. We're sponsored by Pressure Point's Patreon, which we'll talk about at the end of the show. Stick around at the end of the show to learn more about our sponsor. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, the keyboard just popped up. I don't want the keyboard. How do I get rid of the keyboard? Know, stop on wasting an, time. Stop found it, found it, time. found it. Okay, sorry, sorry. You're killing time. Sorry. You're killing me. So, Smedley Butler... And the business push. That's not P-U-S-H. Although you probably know that if you clicked on this <laughs> I didn't. before this. But it's P-U-T-S-C-H. Oh, I wrote P-U-S-H. Wow, we need to restart. You didn't Let's restart. fucking tell me. Fucking redo the intro. You, you, you did the you wrong push. Yeah, I was So, involved. it's going to be a two-parter because it's a really big, kind of big story. kind of gets convoluted. It takes place... In some very interesting time periods of U.S. and, I guess, just, like, the Americas history, North and South America. Okay, so Dabbles an in some interesting stuff. time period that AJ's pointing at, I'm guessing, 30s and 40s. Mm, starts in 1880. <laughs> it gets there, though. Uh, 30s. So. Hey, was there any? Oh, well, hmm? no, never mind. All right. Smedley Butler was a dude. There wow. you go. He was born July 30th, 1881. Truly moving. In Pennsylvania to a bunch of Quakers. Did I write your notes? <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> now, nah, so he, okay. he was a bit of a Quaker. They were a little bit disconnected from it at that point. So, Quakers. 
religious weirdos kind of okay I was just, for those of you who didn't know oh yeah google it yeah i mean honest, uh, honestly there there's some quakers that are totally fine yeah, like the guys there's like the some, oats no i i mean like the children's hospital people <laughs> and yeah so just some religious stuff his father I, you're gonna hate this guy my entire first episode is to get you to hate smedley butler my second episode is to redeem him slightly uh, well, I want you to know that. Okay. All right. What do we'll I start hear? off. His father was a judge, a lawyer, and served on the House of Representatives for about thirty years. Okay, but what what were his policies in the House of Representatives? Well, I don't like him. This was in the. But I'm trying to decide because late 1800s, I don't early 1900s. Judge based on a letter, I judge based on the fucking demeanor of the man. What do you know about all of the little wars that we had in the late? Well. At the end of the 1800s and early 1900s. Um, I know that they all had really racist titles. And <laughs> That's because I told you one of them. A lot of them went over, um, were over goods and trade routes. So, he went to a rich kid's school. What? No. He played sports. He was the captain of the baseball team. The lawyer and judge went to a rich kid's school. He was the cap. He was the quarterback for the football team. He did it all. Oh, I already hate him. Yeah. He dated cheerleader Stephanie. Yeah. He lost his virginity at fifteen to a twenty-five year old. But it was actually to his uncle at nine. He just didn't tell his friends about that part. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> we gotta include trigger warnings in each yeah. of our fucking things. Uh, listening to this podcast is a trigger warning. Yeah, this so. is true. So he ended up leaving school a month before he turned 17. So technically it was like his first so year he was a dropout. of high school. No, I'm just kidding. I wish he was a dropout. Graduated no, no. early? He No. He left school a month before he turned 17 to enlist as a Marine because oh, the Spanish-American War was just starting. Okay. So Great. his dad was pissed and was like, no, you need to like actually get your diploma, whatever. You no, need to graduate. No, you're supposed to tell them that you have gout. Yeah, but the school, because of his father's influence, gave him a diploma, specifically mentioning oh that although he did not meet the credit requirements, they were fulfilled by other credit. So yeah. he got his diploma his dad's two years early oh my God, dude. because of his dad. So great okay, guy. Okay, so fuck this guy so far. Yeah, and we You're go... You're doing a good job. Thank you. Yeah. We go directly into the Spanish-American War. Which I'm not going to talk a lot. There are, there are a bunch of wars and like little military shit that I'm not going to talk a ton about. Do you want me to do a quick blurb of it? No. Okay. We're just going to go quick. So okay. in 1989, he lied about his age and he got a direct commission because of his fancy school and his dad to second lieutenant of the Marines. Oh my God, bro. <laughs> he started his career as a second lieutenant. Wow. He, Who would have thought yeah, that, right? that this piece of shit would have gotten ahead in life? Quit fiddling. It's a string. I see it. It's okay. So he I actually... Just start, I just start... Ding, 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 ding. Bing, 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 bing. So he went to Guantanamo Bay in Cuba. Didn't really see a lot of action. Mm -hmm. He was yeah, there... Yeah, sure. It's Guantanamo Bay, dude. In 1898. <laughs> so, like, it was before the invasion of Guantanamo Bay... And before that, he basically went back to the United States, was on garrison duty, and then he got put on an armored cruiser for four months. Dude, honestly, my vacation dream is to go waterboarding in Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, right? <laughs> Unless you know what that is. 
then you don't want to. Then do you that. don't want to do no. that. But I don't know what it it's is. Like so my it favorite. Great. It's my favorite joke for people who are out of touch. They're like, oh yeah, yeah. You're like, no, you're a fucking idiot. And so am I for making that joke. It's fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, he basically cruise around on a ship for four months. Um, not just on a ship. An armored cruiser. Mr. No, 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 no. The no, USS no, no, no. New York. No, 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 no. Smedley Butler didn't just cruise on an armored cruiser. Smedley Butler cruised through, like, any hurdle in his life. Okay, yeah. Piece of shit. Just wait. I hate him. Just I mean, wait. Just wait. You, you could have said you'd love more. this guy, and I would still fucking hate him. He, at... Towards the end of the war in 1899, he received a commission to first lieutenant, despite never seeing combat. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Now I really want this guy to see combat. So now it's 1899. Okay. The Philippine-American War starts. It's a good year. Good year. He was sent to Manila on garrison duty again, so he just stayed in a base. What? No. Yeah. He actually became a drunk out of boredom. Oh, and he was temporarily relieved of duty after an unspecified event in his room. Have you seen the the TV show Catch-22? He was relieved of duty after an unspecified event in his bedroom. I'm pretty sure he choked a sex How? worker. Okay. That's my guess, but I have no evidence for that at all. <laughs> but in Catch- I was going to say, how angry would the Kellogg family be at him for this event? <laughs> it, it would have to be way worse than that. Do you, know what, do you know what happened? With the for Kellogg family? unspecified nope. of, Oh. It, in official records, it just says unspecified events. He was kissing his roommate. I think... Oh, my God. You're getting robbed. That's fine. Oh, my God. Ah! My wife is outside the window being a creep. No, it was a ghost. I mean, it was a ghost. It was Smedley Butler's ghost. Smedley Butler, no! <laughs> so, yeah. I, I don't know what it was, but it had to be pretty damn bad for... Daddy's boy to get reprimanded. I think he know? was kissing his. He he and his roommate were like, "Hey, we haven't seen girls in a while. Let's exchange one smooch." You think first lieutenant one smooch Smedley Butler had a roommate? No, he had a beachfront fucking bungalow. Okay, for his, well then you know he brought someone and he said, "Listen, I'm first lieutenant. Let me guess, a kiss, a kiss. That's what he did." Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it was like. An indigenous person. You're not going to find this on the internet because I know about it. I've, yeah, I I've, was there. I actually have researched extensively on this topic. Smedley Butler was experimenting. I could just hear that fucking gurgling. Oh, could you? Could I get through? <laughs> it'll gonna, probably be They're cut. not going to get it. It'll get cut. But yeah, my guess yeah, something is, was uh, happening. Yeah. And he was drunk as hell doing it, too. Oh, he was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so my guess. He was... Uh, Put back into active duty, and he finally saw ca- combat in 1899. Thank God. He led, never never been in combat before. He died in early 1900. Yeah, no, no. So he, while never having been in direct combat, led a group of 300 Marines. Jesus. Yeah. And can, they, you, can you fucking imagine being led by somebody that's just like, uh, yeah. let's go. No, let me tell you even more. They only lost one dude. Really early on, his commanding officer was wounded, and he, like, panicked for about no, 10 minutes. What? And then he kind of, he got his shit together and was actually led fairly well. So he was basically led by, like, his battalion was led by one of us. Someone <laughs> who would have an anxiety attack about their their boss dying and then having to lead people into wounded. battle. Wounded. He didn't die. Oh, well, regardless. Yeah. They they ended up, yeah, they, they stormed this city in the Philippines, and they only lost one Marine. It's not mentioned how well armed the 
Native Filipinos were at this time, which, let me tell you, was not well. They fucking massacred them. No. Yeah. I just so, looked up what Smedley Butler looks like. I yeah. Have a better idea. He kind of looks like Don Knotts. He he looks like the the rich villain in a 1950s movie. Yeah. So then, that's all the action he got was that one event. He <laughs> but he he met a guy. He became friends with some oh, dude. Oh, oh no no no! <laughs> I was like, I knew it. Commander, I think it was Littleton Walker Waller. Uh-huh. Littleton Waller. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. It might have autocorrected. But, and this guy was a commander, and this guy was getting together a team to go to Guam, and he was like, okay, you can choose five commissioned officers to, like, be your commanders. Okay. And Butler was one of them. So they were packing up, getting ready to go to Guam, and the plans changed. Uh-oh. Because the Boxer Rebellion broke out in China. Ooh! Do you know the Boxer the Rebellion? fighting Jew of Newark? No, yes. no, not yet. Oh, damn it. In China. <laughs> you you told me a while back about it involving Nat Arno. Sorry. The, we we get there at some point. I just got very vaguely. Of, I heard I heard boxing and I was like, oh shit, this is my time. I know something. Very vaguely, probably not. on the second. I don't the next uh, episode. The boxing rebellion. Boxer rebellion. Boxer rebellion. What is it? Happened in nineteen hundred. Okay. I'm not gonna go a ton into it. I'll just give you the, the quick things, because I want to do an entire episode on it. Yeah, no, it would be cool. Because I've never heard about this. But basically, a bunch of peasants in China were created an uprising against foreigners. They were like, no foreigners, let's murder them. <laughs> and then, turns out there's a secret society called the Boxer Society, I think it was, who, a, and a secret Chinese society who backed them up, okay. and because of their connections, got the upper levels of government involved to back up oh the God. killing of all the foreigners. Jesus Christ. Who would have thought? Yeah, right? It, it's really <laughs> convoluted, really cool. So I'm excited to uh, to cool. go into that. But he I'm writing basically, it down so that we don't forget. No, I've, I've already got it on mine, too. So he was involved in the Battle of Tientsin. Yeah, yeah, I actually said that right. <laughs> Good Whoa. job. You did it. We're, we're getting better. This is Fancy. proof. Proof is in the paperwork. So there were dozens of countries who sent troops against this rebellion because there were dozens of countries who had foreign, potentially business interests in China during this time period. So this this guy, Butler, he saw one of his Marines get shot. He wasn't even a commander, I don't think, at this point. Not like the main guy like he was before. But he saw his, his bro get shot. He goes out, climbs up, grabs the guy, and he gets shot. Oh. And then somebody else climbs up and goes, I'm going to rescue you now. Shot. Picks him up, starts dragging him back, gets shot. So he <laughs> then, was basically just going against a fucking like Call of Duty camper. Yes. Yeah. dude's just like, oh, these idiots are going to keep feeding? Fuck okay. yeah, raise that KD, <laughs> baby. Yeah, so then even though he was shot, he ended up saving the last guy who went to, to save him. <laughs> they're, they're just doing a, a shot fucking... What is it? The mambo? Or what is that? What the, the, the one where you put your hands about? on the person's hip in front of you? That 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 that. A conga line. Yes. Yes, a conga line of rescues. <laughs> and because of it, he got promoted to captain. He got shot in the leg. Oh. <laughs> he got promoted to captain, God. and he was nominated for the Medal of Honor. Oh God! But really? Officers weren't eligible for it, but he probably would have gotten it if they were. Okay. Yeah. Wow. For for that. Man. Now we're gonna move on to the. That's that's all of his major involvement in 
the Boxer Rebellion. Now we're in the Banana Wars. This is where it gets to a topic that I love learning about, but is so convoluted, I can't figure out how to do it. Bananas? On our show. Yes, bananas. <laughs> now, so the Banana Wars were a string of U.S. military performed police actions. <laughs> if you guys in Central if America you guys were and here, the Caribbean, you would have seen the most air quotes in an episode so far. That was impressive. Thank you. So, the main goal was to protect the United Fruit Company's business interests. Oh, Jesus, a U.S. company, Fruit of the Loom. I'll tell you about it. I'm going to definitely go into the United Fruit Company, maybe on an entire episode, but I, it's just so convoluted mm-hmm. because they owned huge amounts of land. In a lot of South American countries, they owned more land than all of the native people. Jesus. Like, yeah, it, they, they were involved in a Colombian genocide. They were involved yeah. in multiple massacres. And basically, the U.S. went to South America, Central America, and the Caribbean to protect the United Fruit Company from democratically elected governments who were trying to break up their land holdings. Oh, my God. Get the fuck out. Yeah, the entire thing was like, oh, well, we elected this guy, and as president, he's saying that large companies, he's going to put down laws where large companies can't own over this much land. Jesus Christ. And that that land would be given back for free to the locals so that they could farm and produce a living for themselves and not be endangered slaves to the United Fruit Company. Fuck you, United Fruit Company. So then they sent in the Marines. (laughs) Yeah, and he was involved in this. Like, Also, that company is now called Chiquita Brands International. So like Chiquita brand bananas. Avoid it. Chiquita. I'm looking them up. What else do they make? Uh, Keep going. You're any good. fruit, really. Um, so just be careful about where you get fruit. Most of the fruit that you're going to get in the store in America is going to be from a company like these guys, if it's not these guys. They had a monopoly for most of the 20th century on Jesus. on fruit in uh, in like Central America. Um, let's see. Where is it? Oh, yeah. And they, they fucked over the environment forever. Still do. Have you heard the term Banana Republic? Not the store. Oh, uh, I've heard it. I want to say that the, the store called Banana Republic, that is hugely insensitive. I was going to say they probably have no clue as to what they're like dabbling on there. A Banana Republic is like a, an unstable, usually dictatorship or authoritarian <laughs> government that was purposely set up so that the land could be used by U.S. farming corporations where basically the only thing that they produce is exports that go to the U.S. So at any time, we have full control over them. Jesus. This, this became our foreign policy from World War II on, even though it started uh, well before. But our, our entire foreign policy from World War II Yeah, it was just exploiting exports. Is doing this times 100. Was banana republicing. Good. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, lots of political unrest, lots of massacres, a couple genocides, especially one of my favorites. I think Klaus I Barbie is involved with this one. I don't one. know if you should have a favorite genocide. Uh, that's, fair. that's fair. I said one of. <laughs> I I don't think you should have multiple favorite <laughs> genocides. Well, so in Colombia, 
I, this is going to be really quick off the cuff, not well researched. But basically in Colombia, there was a fruit company. I'm pretty sure it was United Fruit Company. Mm-hmm. And the, the people democratically elected a new president who wanted to break up land holdings. The U.S. said, fuck you, but we can't really send in our Marines like we used to. So what year was this? Post World War II. Oh, okay, fifties, I think. Okay. So instead, they sent in U.S. Special Forces led by a man named Klaus Barbie. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. God, now I'm gonna f- fuck that up if it's not Klaus Barbie. That's fine. Uh, if, okay. If it's uh, hold not, on. I'm gonna say ignore we'll, the name. We'll amend it. Yeah. <laughs> ignore the name. Led by the more important part, an ex-Nazi that the U.S. picked up in Operation uh, Paperclip. Okay. He went in and basically with the U.S. Special Forces trained these rebels in warfare. Okay. And it led to a genocide. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. So, you know, not a good thing to be part of. No, totally, totally great thing to stand behind and fight for. Good old, good old Butler was involved in that. So then around 1903, I think I've got the... Thing wrong. Okay, yeah, he was in Puerto Rico because there were rumors of a revolt. Okay. So Puerto normally, okay. when there are rumors of a revolt, you know, you go there and you yeah. like protect or, you know, help assist the local military. And yeah, like. You, you send your best man, Smegma Butler, to go <laughs> yeah. take care of business. Butt boy. Yeah. Smegma Butt boy. Butt boy. Uh, yeah, Smegma, Smegma Butt boy. <laughs> and. Yeah, no. That's what, she, the, that's that's, what, that's what most of the world does. Title should have been. It should have been. Smegma Butt Boy. I don't think people would click on it. Google would probably censor it. I don't know. <laughs> Pretty sure Google would. Um, yeah, no. When the Marines get sent in during this time period, it was it's only to protect U.S. diplomats. <laughs> so they basically went town to town, ready to shoot, and I quote, everybody and everything that was breaking the peace. That's from Butler. <laughs> You just sneeze in the wrong place. Get shot. You're fucked. So mostly they found little, just quiet villages. Nothing nothing was really going on, but they arrived in a town of Trujillo, and they heard gunshots. And they're like, ooh, we get to kill some people. <laughs> God. So they go for it, and they fi- find that there's been a battle raging for 55 hours between rebels and the incumbent government. Jesus. The fighting stops as soon as the Marines show up because they're like, we're outclassed and outgunned. (laughs) Yeah. Like, we're not doing anything. So the Marines go directly to the U.S. consulate. They find the diplomat who is hiding in like uh, in rafters wrapped in an American flag so that if he dies, they're like, oh, this is an American. (sighs) Yeah. Shitting himself like a little whiny bitch that he is. So he was shitting on the flag. Probably. (laughs) Nice. Jealous. (laughs) (laughs) He then, so the, the Marines picked him up, escorted him out of town, and oh, left. Oh, God. The battle immediately started again. This man's name? Adolf Hitler. <gasps> no. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, <laughs> but, don't believe that. Do not. But they, uh... <laughs> Can you fucking imagine you stumbled on something like that? That would be, I'd shit myself. You're like, they saved him in 1903. Mm. Bad news bears. So, yeah, eventually those rebels overthrew the government hell yeah <laughs> which is good but it's also the exact opposite of why they were down there in the first place but they didn't care they they got their their american diplomat out and said fuck you guys it, he also got a, a good nickname 
during this time period because he was suffering from some type of unidentified tropical disease. So he was called Old Old Gimlet Eye. Old Gimlet Eye. So he his wasn't... eyes because of the disease, his eyes were bulging and bloodshot, like horrendously. Oh God. He wasn't suffering from some weird syphilis. Or yeah, something. he homeboy had fucking pink eye. Let's yeah. be honest. Eating too much ass. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see, where was I? Oh yeah, yeah. Old Gimlet Eye. He's also known as uh, Maverick Marine. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude! Uh, I me... really wish that I had just a kick-ass nickname like that. Yeah, right. Even even if they called me Old Gimlet Eye, I'd be like. Okay, I can roll with this. Let's see. Old let me, let me Gimlet check the time. D. I, okay, this this is going to be perfect. Perfect timing. I got about 15 minutes left. Old Gangrene D. You should <laughs> old, start calling me that. Old Tiny Dick is what I'll call you. Oh, damn it. Old well, Tiny I wanted, D. I wanted to be fake, not like, oh, oh, realistic Not authentic. Hurtful. Yeah. <laughs> so in, uh, you know, after that, I don't have the exact date. Early 1900s still. He was finally sent home. Oh, finally. He immediately got After married. After years and years of painful Volunteering. war and torture. And, and like two action, yeah. two actual like fights. After years at sea and hardened in, kind, well, kind of in battles. Basically somewhat. staying at a Marriott. Yeah. <laughs> he returned home from war to his high school well, not high school sweetheart. His dropout, her finished high school sweetheart. Do you think she was allowed to go to high school in, in the late 1800s? Was her name Wilma? No. Was, oh, I, didn't, I didn't even put down her name. Damn it. She's so inconsequential to this story. Wow, not cool. It's, yeah, right? You're lucky. You're lucky that I don't have a game show episode ready. <laughs> or else it would have been about that. Well, I'm glad you don't. <laughs> you and about uh, 200 other people. Yeah. No, no. So, yeah, he got married. He had three kids, living the dream, and then he was sent back to a garrison in the Philippines to a very isolated outpost. So he was sent to Hilton Hotel in the Philippines. Pretty much. So they got to the point where they were, like, really low on supplies, so he had to do, like, this perilous mission to go get supplies, but it wasn't really that perilous, it seemed like. In 1908, for some reason, he had a nervous breakdown. Of course. Of course he did. Because he was trying to pull Catch-22, man. What? He was, the the whole premise of the like Catch-22 in wartime is that, like... Oh, I thought you were talking about the TV show. No, no, no. no. You need well, to watch more, it. Basically the same thing. I've seen the first few episodes. It's worth it. But... It slows down, but it's The worth idea it. that, like, if you're crazy, you don't know it, and you want to go fly... And so they'll let you fly, but you shouldn't fly because you're crazy. Mm-hmm. And and you, you don't want to fly, there. so you're trying yeah. to seem crazy. Yeah, but they know that you. But they know you're but trying. If you're crazy, if you're trying, you want to fly. Exactly. But you don't want to. Yeah, it's that's, it's a great show. He he found a good way around it. They believed him. They believed him. <laughs> he was given nine months of leave, where he went back home, and managed a coal mine. Hung <laughs> Rich with, fucking bitch. Hung out with Wilma and managed a coal mine. He didn't even have to go into the coal mine. He just managed it. What an Jesus asshole. Christ. So as you're getting the vibes of this guy's kind of like an upper class asshole. Like a, kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. The fuck out of here. He is. He was then redeployed in 1909 through 1912. He was in Nicaragua enforcing U.S. policy, which is more of like police action. More of like a 
bureaucrat. U.S. imperialism, you know, all that fun stuff. He actually moved his family to Panama for a few years. Uh, where he oversaw the building of the Panama Canal. No, no, not yet. Almost. <laughs> in 1914, he was called to Mexico. Okay. Where he actually left his family in Panama for a while. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just down the road, kind of. His involvement in Mexico away. was weird. Oh. It, like, it, it was way more into it if you read their, like, news articles and stuff. That's where I got actually a lot of this stuff. Uh, the Wikipedia has a bit more information about his involvement in Mexico. But basically, he rode a train with some other dudes and they pretended to work for the railroad and that they that one of their employees was lost. Mm-hmm. So they would go up and down in this private train car spying, scouting oh, out the military, okay. scouting out like where they would invade. And they would, they had access to the cities and places they normally wouldn't be able to. Yeah, because because they're looking for this lost guy who doesn't exist. But really, they're just scoping areas out. So he and and a couple other dudes made an entire invasion plan for Mexico. Holy shit! And they they had great intel on the Mexican military at the time, but there was a little hitch in the plan. There were some people on a... uh, It's implied that they were practicing a naval landing Mm -hmm. under the guise of running out of fuel and needing to come ashore. They were caught, and it was revealed that they were members of the military, Uh and it created this whole, like, international affair. Oh, big time, yeah. So so basically, the plan was scrapped, but, like, keep that information in there, because a little bit later, Woodrow Wilson, president at the time, learned... The best president. Arguably the best U.S. president. Yeah, you think so? (laughs) (laughs) Followed shortly by Eisenhower. Uh, (laughs) And and then Garfield. Yeah, oh, absolutely. (laughs) He was the one that served two non-sequential terms. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they're... Woodrow Wilson learned that there was a big arms shipment that was going to be sent to this town of Veracruz in Mexico. And he sent Butler in to Veracruz with Marines to secure the city by force. Oh, what? They were so worried about these sh- these arms shipments because there were some, you know, tensions, you know, Spanish-American war, like... Yeah. There, there were some tensions between Mexico and the U.S., especially after the U.S., forcibly took Arizona, New Mexico, most of California, no. and Texas from them. They wouldn't do something like that. Yeah, so they're pretty much worried that they were going to use these arms, build up their army, and fuck over the United States. Which, you know, understandable. <laughs> yeah, I, gonna, I wouldn't blame them. Yeah, so they they locked down the city. Apparently there was like a whole like urban warfare door-to-door thing where people were just snipers up in the buildings like like guerrilla warfare there was a whole guerrilla warfare element um and eventually the plans were going to be okay you go take that city and then we'll do a full-scale invasion and then they peeled it back to uh let's just keep the city for a Mm. while let's just see what happens with that okay he and 55 other people in this group of probably a couple hundred like, not a large group. Damn. Got the Medal of Honor for no reason. What? Yeah. He did nothing. Of course he didn't. He's Smegma Butler, dude. Dude, like, almost 50 of them were sailors who didn't even, like, 
touch the ground. You didn't have to tell me that he didn't do anything because I already knew that. Yeah, but none of the people did anything. That's yeah, the thing. Uh, none surprise, of the people surprise. did anything. He later on tried to return it. And he got a letter from, I don't know, somewhere in the military. It's because he command. didn't have fucking room in his metal <laughs> shelf for do nothing Smedla, Smedley Butler fucking Gimlet Eye fuckface. <laughs> no, he, he returned it and was like, I didn't do anything to earn this. Like, And the guy said, No, you have to keep it and wear it with honor. That's what the official letter said. Of course, man. Yeah. You know, boomers are a different breed. But imagine the people that raised those bastards. They would just be unbearable, man. <laughs> So, after this, he was sent to Haiti because the president was killed by a mob. Oh! And he, you know, basically more imperialism. He showed up with a small group of Marines. They were facing a lot of basically unarmed rebels. And lots of hand-to-hand, actual, like, hand-to-hand combat. Uh, They ended up wiping out, like, hundreds of these rebels who were... Jesus Christ. ...pissed at the president. Where, Where was this? Haiti. Haiti, okay. And then he got another Medal of Honor. One of the few people to get to. I think there's only like two people. World War One starts. I hate it because it just is reinforcing how, like, do nothing he is. Yeah. World War One starts. And he's like, okay, finally, this is my time to actually prove myself in combat. Like, this is horrible. I can go. I can make a difference. Let's do this. I mean, at least he's trying now. He He has developed a little bit. He's a bit older. He's had some world experience. Well, he probably has imposter syndrome because he's like, every time he gets home, he sees that that award shelf and his wife is like, oh, honey, the war hero. And he's like, fuck. My favorite part of this dude is that when he was in public, he would swear, which during this time period, nobody did that. Like, oh, yeah. you don't swear. And What's going to happen? They give him another yeah. Medal of Honor? Yeah, exactly. Fuck. <laughs> so, like, he, we'll go into his personality post his military career later. I just thought the fact that he was involved in so many yeah, wars shit. and confrontations was really interesting. As, like, such a high-ranking official, too. Yeah. Like, it's it's pretty fancy. So he writes to the war effort, and he's like, hey, I want to be on the front line. Like, you don't even have to make me a commander. I'll do it. Just somebody fucking kill me, please. <laughs> he was uh, deemed unreliable, and he was not allowed to go to the Western Front it's for because, some reason. It's because he wanted to be on the front line. It's a catch-22 shit again, is that he says, hey, I want to be in the front line. And like, this guy's fucking nuts. We can't put him We can't put him in there. So they say, yeah, we'll send you somewhere else in the third to front line. It kind of goes into some of the stuff that he was doing at some of the other places. Like, he wasn't afraid to break orders sometimes. Like, he wasn't afraid to do things kind of his way. Well, because what's going to happen? Because he's a cocky entire, entire yeah. kid. And yeah, what's going to happen? So, and because I'm, of that, I'm he was sure, unreliable. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people were just like, hey, I don't want this bastard on my front line when all of my men are putting their lives on the line. Pretty much. And he's just waddling out there like, eh. I, cra- I chipped a nail. Yeah, like, he, well, he, he was only really good at leading other Marines oh. because he could kind of get away with doing his own maneuvering, doing his own stuff. But it's trench warfare. There's no maneuvering. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he got stationed at a camp, and he, as the camp commander in France, away from the front, and he was promoted to brigadier general. <laughs> oh, He's now a general. God. After being deemed too unreliable to actually face combat. 
and not mentally sound. He's had a history of And he has problems, a dishonorable yeah. di- discharge or honorable honorable discharge. There's no discharge. I thought that he was for whatever his uh Whatever happened in his no, he was bunk. temporarily relieved of command. Oh, that relieved. Temporarily, My bad. I, I remembered it wrong. Yeah. Okay, no. so relieved of command, he does not have. For I mean, something, it's weird because he has such a bad track record, but a good track record on paper. Yeah, on paper, his. But if his you know about awesome. the guy, I'm sure you would not be a fan. Yeah, he was pretty and crazy. Now he's your general. Yeah, brigadier general. His main task was yeah, he's commander of the camp. And it was a very important camp because it was basically where all of the U.S. soldiers would come in, go to this camp, and then be deployed. Okay. So he had to have staging. He had to have food. He had to have, you know, places for them to stay temporarily. Uh-huh. And when he shows up, the camp is basically a mud pit Good. with blankets on the ground. And it's shit. And this is the first time he actually redeems himself a little bit. Okay. He goes to a nearby dock. That and jumps and he, in head first. Yeah. No, he, he personally, <laughs> on his own time... Nobody knew he was down there, got a bunch of boards, put them in a wheelbarrow, walked them four miles, and started putting them in the street. Oh, okay. So that they could, like, So they could walk, walk without them. getting trench foot. And then okay. he, he, or he recruits did it, a couple guys. Or he did it for himself because he was frustrated with walking through mud. No, he already, oh, probably. That too. Not redeemed yet. Not yet. Not but he, my book. he got a couple other people. They basically tore up all the boards. He started, they, <laughs> they rebuilt, like, the tents. Instead of just putting tents on mud, they put down wooden platforms, then put the tents on them. Okay. You'd so think someone he, would have thought of that before. Now he's doing it for someone else. Yeah. Or at least he's delegating to have it done for someone he, else. No, he personally went by oh, and okay. helped them. He got another nickname, Old Duckboard, because the boards, they're called duckboards <laughs> because they're they're on the dock. That's just what they're called. So he basically reorganizes this entire camp. I wish that at the end of this entire thing, I'm going to remember all these nicknames and mix them into one. As it stands right now. He is known as Old Gimlet Duck. Perfect. Old Gim Duckber. Old Duck Eye. Old Duck Eye. <laughs> old, old Maverick Guy. No, stop it. Mav Duck Eye. No. Mm. This is my thing. Okay, fine. So <laughs> there were some reporters, like news correspondent or uh, war correspondents and stuff in the town, and they they gave him a bunch of like good press uh-huh. for yeah making it at least you know. Yeah, livable area. Livable, and then they go and die. So, you know, at least something decent before uh, they go and die. A, a shitty place, but not as shitty as where you're to going. live in before you die. That's fair. Yeah. And he got a ton of medals and awards. He got some French awards. Because um, like, it's in France. Oh, okay. And the French military is involved there, too. And he, he treated everybody really well and... Cool. All right. Okay. All right. He's he's turned over a new leaf. Uh, he's starting to turn it over. He hasn't yeah. turned it over entirely yet. Yeah, no. Just wait. Post-war. He's picked up the leaf is where he is. What do you do when you're a publicly popular general? Military In the military post-World war One. post-war. What what would you do as a for rich, your job? As a rich You're not master, out of the military. Uh, you would run for Congress. <laughs> Actually, that comes later. <laughs> You're not wrong about that. So, I love, I love that. You're fucking right. Uh, okay, so he would, God. he would join a police force. Fucking close. Oh damn! What's he doing? So he's gonna start off working at military like schools, doing training. Okay. Yeah. 
That's fair. I was um, thinking. I was thinking out of the military. No, he's still in the mistake. military. Okay. I, he would do some trainings for local police departments. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking bootlicker. His what he got like famous <laughs> for? Yeah, seriously. Just oh god. So what he got famous for uh-huh. during this time period was that he would lead these super long marches with the students, essentially. Okay. And they would march from their school to a civil war site, and then they would reenact it. Oh. As authentically as they could, as part of their training. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Like, all right, that's pretty cool. Like, at least they're doing something fun. And it's, the community would come and it would be a community event and people would have fun and, you know. Today, boys, we're using live rounds. <laughs> yeah. We're going to weed out the week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any, nothing about that damn Darwin. But... And I don't give a fuck. Fuck if any citizens get killed. This is a civil war as far as you're concerned. <laughs> oh shit, is the microphone still on? <laughs> please don't let me be on the please don't let me be on the bad side. The union? <laughs> <laughs> you oh Yankee my God. fuckers. <laughs> I just imagine him looking like uh the guy in full metal jacket right now. Have you seen that? Oh God, I, I don't know. I don't think the so. the guy at uh, at the camp in Full Metal Jacket. You look like you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Have you seen that? No, I don't. Oh think my I have. God, we need to watch Full All right, Metal Jacket. All right, let's watch it. Yes, you would appreciate the fuck out of it. Just so you know, I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I don't, I don't do. You I also don't, don't do movies. I I love I movies. Yeah. I just don't seek them out. I I got you. Sweet. All right, so. During one of these Civil War reenactments, he was approached by a farmer. Because, you know, they would they would march out. They would do actual, like, military training. And then they would reenact stuff. Uh-huh. So during some of this training, in 1921 at this point, a farmer said, Hey, you know over there, that's where Stonewall Jackson's arm was buried. And it was like, <laughs> you're full of shit. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> And he basically said, I'll take an entire group of Marines and we are going to dig in that spot. Oh, God. So they did. And they found a box with an arm in it. What? (laughs) Yeah. What the fuck? Apparently it was Stonewall Jackson's arm. It was a wooden box. So they replaced it and put it into a metal box, reburied it, and put (laughs) a little, put a little like. Oh, no. A marker to it. And there was a metal plaque on it. Okay. So they did put a marker there. I thought they were just like, well. We, they weren't lying. Let's cover this up. Bury that bitch back up. Yeah, so the, the plaque, the original plaque isn't there anymore, but uh-huh. you can find the original yeah. plaque in a museum nearby. But I was like, that's such a weird story out of nowhere that, oh, okay. God. He just sends everybody on a fucking treasure hunt, basically. Yeah, so th- that was 1921-ish. Okay. Um, let, me, let me take a little sippy sip. Same. Oh, shit. I got to clear this up in like five minutes. Okay. You're good. Actually, I'm pretty close. So, you actually got 25 until you've really got to go. Well, yeah. So, Philadelphia during this time period, prohibition's going on. Imagine Nat Arno, like that time period yeah, yeah. with the mobs, with the corrupt cops, Dude, with the fucking roaring 20s, with. What year is it? Drugs. This is in the early 20s. Oh, hot. I fucking love the 20s, dude. Oh, yeah. So, Philadelphia was so corrupt 
that the mayor and governor and all these people were like, we need to get a director of public safety. Boo. To do something about these corrupt cops. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually corrupt cops and corrupt firefighters. Firefighters <laughs> would do protection rackets where they would basically say, wouldn't it be so bad if your house were to catch on fire and nobody sure would come to, of, to put it out? This reminds me of gangs of New York with the fucking firefighters gang. Never saw it. Oh, my God. So You're killing me, AJ. I know about some of this stuff, though. So his daddy got him the job to clean up the city. He's oh. still technically in the military. Papa Butler. But his side job is now director of public safety for Philadelphia. Okay. All right. He's cleaning up the police force. There are 4,000 cops in the city. Okay. Horribly corrupt. Lots of profiteering. Lots of racketeering. Well, it's Philadelphia. Of, what did yeah, we expect? Lots of, like, protection schemes, all that stuff. He got all 4,000 cops and met every single one and told each and every one that I'm personally assuring you that shit is going to change. Damn. Okay. And, and he was every single cop. So he specifically did not have the fire to, or the, the fire. He did not have the power to fire corrupt cops. Uh -huh. He would just weed them. So instead what he would do is he would move the cops into different areas. Well, fucking figures. So that... So nothing's different than how it is no, now. No, no, it, it completely disrupted the protection rackets because they couldn't go and visit those shopkeepers that they built up that relationship to. They'd have to start over with each shop I mean, you're every not, time they come through. You're not wrong, but he's just basically spread out the corruption... I mean, the corruption was the same concentration. <laughs> it was just, it basically, he would continuously rotate them and oh. make it so fucking annoying okay. to do I thought, work. I thought you were saying he would just shift them out and send them to a different place. I was like, what the, No, what? no, it's constantly rotating. Okay. Frequently rotating. Yeah. That makes sense. I thought it was just, oh, yeah, you'd ship them to Wyoming yeah. and anywhere oh, that oh, needed like, cops. And I was like, like uh, that's what they're fucking doing now. Like anywhere with a homeless population? Yeah, god damn. <laughs> Jesus. So did you see the uh, the walkthrough of New York City, of the cop that got killed? No. Oh, we'll talk about it after the show. Okay. Within two days, he had organized nine hundred raids oh. on brothels and speakeasies. No. Brothels? Oh no. Speakeasies? Oh no. no. <laughs> I know. Collect My favorite all. part, though, is he did not take this job politically. He even targeted the Ritz, like. Oh. Put, put it on the Ritz. Putting it on the Ritz. Yeah, like, he he would also target where rich people were going. Putting the socialites choke on the Ritz. So, obviously, rich socialites hated him. Oh, I'm sure. Because he, he did not care if you were rich or not. We we just got our, uh, our fucking clickbait title right there. <gasps> rich socialites hate him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need to run an advertising agency. Uh, no, we shouldn't. Yeah, that's true. He was... He started going even more heavy-handed at this point. Okay. He started to create military-style checkpoints across the city. So people were like, uh, like, you have no reason to be stopping me at these checkpoints. Yeah, what the fuck is he doing now? It was to shut down, like, you know, pro, uh, what were they called? Like, rum runners. Oh, okay. Well, fuck him. I'm back to hating him. Yeah. yeah. Fuck I, this guy again. This one is like, a, uh, he did some decent things. Uh, he also did some not great things, like he started giving cops shotguns, sawed-off shotguns, so that they could, and I quote, chase down bandits. 
He also what? made a statement about how none of the cops in this town had bandit marks on their pistols, which is where if you shoot like a highwayman or a bandit, you put a little mark in your pistol and it shows a kill. Oh, he's like, these cops are pussies. They're not shooting enough people who are so desperate with the incoming financial decline that they're selling alcohol, something that shouldn't have been outlawed necessarily in the first what? place. I don't know how I'm going to start liking this guy now. You won't this he's, episode. He he started coming around. He was cleaning up the department. He was doing what I wanted. And then he just fucking went right back. God damn it. But I mean, I guess, yes, at the time he was upholding the law. However, he was also encouraging, like, Murder. relentless slaughter of people that were just running alcohol. Yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. Obviously, not every single one of them was an alcohol runner, but needless death, not a fan. Mm -hmm. So he would get on the radio and do a lot of talks about this stuff, and he swore a lot, and a lot of people were like, oh, clutching at their pearls. <laughs> but Oh, my. Yeah, I think it was the mayor basically said, okay, you're done. Like, There's enough of the public that hates you that we don't want you. But there's a protest. Mm -hmm. And people were like, no, no, let's let's keep him. He is actually getting results. Like, crime did go down. The corruption did go down. So well, he yeah, got an extension. Well, yeah, he was having everybody fucking killed off. Oh, yeah. It's easy so, to make the crime go down. Exactly. Killing criminals. So he, he was extended. He was given another year. was basically another year of the same thing. Okay. And then he was fired. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah, and it, he... At that point, in about 1929, he became major general, got promoted again. Okay. Again, not for anything really war-related. <laughs> but he basically just did yeah. shit around marine bases, and he got into, like, Chinese diplomacy a little bit. Some of the Chinese diplomats really liked him. Oh. But that's kind of all he did. He, until, publicly, he did a diplomatic faux pas uh -oh. where he spoke about gossip publicly uh-oh and the gossip was mussolini hitting a kid with his car and killing oh, him fuck <laughs> so italy was pissed i'm sure and well and on top of so where was he stationed at this time uh he was in the u.s and what year was this uh let's see that uh, probably 1930 oh yeah dude you're pissing off yeah, the wrong fucking people in the like late 20s 30s like italian americans Wrong people to fuck with. <laughs> yeah. So he was arrested and court-martialed as a major general. Uh, now I'm seeing the... The uh... first officer to be arrested since the Civil War. Oh. Yeah. Also, President Hoover hated this guy. Also, who the who doesn't hate Hoover? Hoover's a shit bag. The best president. Ugh, shut the fuck up. The, the third best president in my I won't joke list. about Hoover because Hoover is shit. I don't like Hoover. So he he basically was Wilson, arrested. Eisenhower, Garfield, Hoover. Fourth best Perfect. president. He was... Oh, sorry. Garfield gets two points. Oh, because he was... Yeah. yeah. Non-consecutive. Yeah, yeah. He apologized to the Secretary of Navy, and the court-martial was reduced, reduced to a reprimand. Well, of course it was. About a year later, Papa he paid retired. Thank God. He so the next few years we're gonna go into a little bit, but we're, we're wrapping up. Okay. Part one. Okay. So the next few years he he did lectures. He would train cops. He would train, you know, like guest training for military schools. Uh -huh. Um, 
he would try to run for Congress in the House of Representatives. Mm. Mm. But figures with Daddy dead, he basically had no. Well, Daddy was dead, and hiring ranking civilians pretty much hated him. The military yeah. liked him. The public liked him. The man high ranking the civilians for him. did not like them. So he he lost. He also he's he's a really weird dude politically. Like I get the feeling that he did not necessarily understand a lot of the differences in politics because he would run as a Republican uh-huh. to today's term, but he would kind of be like, you know, maybe we don't need this many cops. And hey, corruption is really bad. Okay, so he was a centrist leaning Republican. Basically. Which is like yeah. their worst fucking nightmare. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we never never really got in. Which in their eyes is Antifa. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to, I'm, I'm going to touch on this part and then we're going to recap it for next time. Yeah. Um, I'll get my, my end of episode quiz on, no. yeah, on what happened. Butler became involved with some veteran groups during, as the Great Depression raged on. And he was actually involved in the, it's called the Bonus Army, it was called, which was July 17th, 1932, thousands of World War I vets marched on Washington's, Washington's, marched on, on Washington. the Washington's. And they, they were demanding their bonus because per the World War Adjusted Compensation Act, they were promised a bonus for being in the war. It was anybody yeah. who was involved in the war, you get this lump sum but it said, basically, we can pay it out anytime between 1925 and 1945. And oh, they were saying, God. hey, the Great Depression is here. Give us some Fucking money. Fucking pay this shit out. Let's do yeah. this. So they marched on Washington. They created tents and shacks all around the White House. Really? Yeah. They were pissed. It was led by a guy, Sergeant Walter Waters. But Butler made an appearance and started doing talks and speeches and stuff because huh. he was very popular. He was very, very popular with yeah. vets. Well, I'm sure. Because at this point, you know, not only did... Hoover hate this guy, but he started talking. He started talking about ways that you can't talk when you're actually in the military. Uh oh. Um, Hoover hated this guy so much that he actually ordered the cavalry, under the command of the Douglas MacArthur. Ah yes. To sweep and disperse the bonus army, and basically tear down the shacks while they're in them. Oh fuck. On horseback. <laughs> Man, the breast, the breast, the best president of the United States is pulling some sneaky shit. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's fucked up. So he basically started. Did he go? Did he go hold a Bible in front of a church shortly after? Upside down. <laughs> Upside down. You would think. <laughs> uh, but instead, he started talking about how he spent thirty-three years working as. Let me let me find the the direct quote. Because we we start talking about FDR, we talk, and then we actually talk about the business push next episode. So let's see. Oh yeah, he claimed he spent 33 years being a high class muscle, or being a high class muscle man for Wall Street bankers and big businesses. That's not something you want your generals to be saying. No. To realize he like he has a moment of clarity during this time period during the early 30s where he realizes, oh shit, the banana wars. All of those wars were just for political, like, business interests. Like, this has nothing to do with freedom or helping people. We're literally making everything worse. And he turns over a new leaf. Well, because imagine 
he had looked into corruption and he had looked into weeding out corruption mm-hmm. in Philadelphia for so long. He starts long recognizing it. That he sees it and he retires, sits down. You have nothing but time. He's probably looking Reflecting inwards and he's it. like, mm-hmm. ah, fuck. Yeah. So next That's episode. That's going to be me after like you die in three years. Mm-hmm. That's say Three years. <laughs> That's a long time. This is way looking inwardly and saying, God damn. I had such a platform to do so much, and then but I didn't. I'm so lazy. Why would I do it? Yeah. So next next episode, we're going to talk about a plan by the business elites to overthrow the government. Okay. FDR and his like how he was the reception of when he was uh, elected. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go into Hoover too much, but basically during that time period, you got to see like Hoover would be considered like pretty dang far right. Yeah. FDR comes in as a socialist, essentially. Like, oh, yeah. like to, as today's standards, he would be considered an extreme socialist in our government today, well, which yeah. is ridiculous because he wasn't even that extreme. But we go into and God. interesting that he fucking you know just repaired the shit out of the economy. Yeah. Hmm. So we go into the there are some conspiracies. There's the ba- gold backing the U.S. dollar. We go into. We go into corporate elitism. We go into the American Legion, which was formed in the early 1900s. It's a veteran corporation, not corporation, a veteran group, like support group, kind of. Okay. We go into J. Edgar Hoover shows up of the FBI, Ooh, not the president. Don't give everything away. I'm just, I'm just no, teasing. No, I'm not just giving you shit. Um, Damn. There's even some, like, maybe a little bit of Soviet influence. Oh, I mean, they shit. weren't Soviets at the time. Uh but we're more headed that military way. people, more, more of what you've got from today, Ooh, less hot. imperialism. I love it. That's not true. <laughs> I can't say that's true. <laughs> less imperialism. More AK. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, well, intriguing. So that's where all the, that this one was the meat and potatoes. That's where the special sauce comes mm. in next week. Oh, goodness. Well, you got the Patreon pulled up? Nope. Probably not. No worries. I do. I'll burn some time. Nope, I got him. Abby, AJ's third nut, Lindo, NSA isn't real, D's nuts, not Nordic me. Thunder, Toddle Waddle, Dark Runner, Haley, and Casey McFacey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you guys so much for, you know, helping us. Yeah, supporting us. Yeah, paying for our, our hosting. Like, yeah. I know I always say that, but, like, it's a big deal. It's expensive to run a podcast, so... Yeah, really, though. And huge shout out to any of you who have reached out, who have supported us otherwise. Um, yeah, just fucking keep keep us in in your thoughts and prayer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, keep us in your in mind um, when you find something interesting. Uh, yes. As I always say, send those suggestions for mu- music, movies, books. Anything you can think of, articles, whatever the fuck, by all means, uh, let us know. And find us on Instagram and Twitter, and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye.